What's up, everyone? Welcome to a special year-end episode of Retro Encounter. I am your host, Josh Curry. With me is Chris Gabauer. Hello. Mike Solosi. Hey, everybody. And the very special Peter Treisenberg. It's a uh, Rogue One. Thank you very much. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. do, do, do we just want to talk about Star Wars? I'm cool with that. I would do a Star Wars podcast, but I we'll just we'll just we make get, this a Star Wars podcast. I no, think we no, get we in trouble not. for that, no, to be honest. Because I also haven't seen it yet, so shut shut all your faces. Well, let's we'll see. Out. Knights of the Old Republic is 13 years old now, so we can spoil that, but not the. Dude, there's there's Knights there's a Knights of the Old Republic reference in Rogue One, and it's awesome. <laughs> there is. Yeah, it is. Oh, did they bring yeah. up Revan or something? No, you'll 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 see. It's, okay. it's great. It's it's so first of all, very good movie. Um, and also just proving again that Star Wars is a hundred times better than Star Trek. Um, but that's neither here or there. Uh, what a, what a, for no reason. Now, now he's just asking no for it. No reason. Just like step on, step on the nuts. Just no, don't worry about it. Just look this way. I love both equally. It's all right. But we're not here to talk about Star Wars. Uh, we are here to do kind of a wrap up of 2016. Um, this is the third time we're doing this. Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah, I know, right? That yeah, kind of blows our, my mind. Our third wow. year-end episode, because we started recording these in, um, was it like, uh, sort of June, July, April, March? Yeah, like like spring of 2014, I guess. It was a month of the year. I know that. Okay, well Seth. that that narrows it down. <laughs> wow, it was I'm May. Sure, it's sound I'm logic. Sure. It was it was May. It was. Wait, that doesn't seem right. No, I think it was May of last year. We haven't been doing these for two years. We're just you're, just, you're just completely lost track of time. Young parent, no concept of time. Same old, same old. I swear we've done this before. We have. We, yeah, we did it last year. We did it once, not twice. No, it's true, you guys. This is a very special second annual. <laughs> there we go. I think it's no longer going to be an excuse if you fl- if you fail like this, my friend. I'm just saying. And the the worst is I believed you for a second. I know. That was, I was very convincing. I was, uh, yeah, I was trying to elaborate and add detail to that statement, and I'm like, wait a second, something's not right here. I should have just remembered Josh doesn't understand months or years. Months, years, time. Time is a concept. So, so it's kind of funny. I'm actually circle. fantastic at minutes. So, like, up to 45 minutes, I, I can, like, almost tell this you to the second. in video games. Okay. But anything beyond that, I can't tell you. So your brain is larger than a goldfish's, but smaller than a cat's. Got it. Could you smaller than a lion? That just sounds cooler than a cat. Okay, well, lion's a is it? No, it's a cat. A feline. Whatever. Maybe we should talk about. So 2016. we are here to talk about 2016, right? Yeah. See here. Yeah, it was a year. Um. And it was kind of. It was. I don't know. I felt like it was kind of an odd year. I when we were originally started planning this. I was back in March. I threw up a kind of like a note. It's like, do we want to talk like how 2016 was the greatest year in video games? You know, trying to be super hyperbolic and get a conversation going. Um, and for me, like back when it was originally planned for that, I, I actually honestly thought it was going to be a ridiculous year. Um, and it kind of, I felt like there's a few high points, and overall, it was kind of a blah year for me. What about everybody else? I think it was a remarkably balanced year for video games. But I would not say it was exceptional. And I say balanced because uh, for me there was a great, uh, a fantastic amount of small indie games, especially some roguelikes. 
uh, and some small RPGs. Darkest Dungeon is one of my favorite games of the year. Uh, and then some kind of mid-tier games. Uh, I, I kind of consider Last Guardian more double-A than triple-A. And then also <laughs> some good triple-A games as well. But there was nothing, except for a few titles, but it wasn't one of those years of like, these six games were transformative. It was like there were some great high moments. Uncharted 4, Overwatch... Uh, kind of mid-tier for me was, and I, it almost feels more double-A, and that might sound like heresy, but uh, the most recent Deus Ex game, which I just beat this last week, it's really good, but had its flaws, so I, it was a balanced year. It's a balanced year. I don't, I don't know, man. Answer, I, great. I, I had an easier time writing a top five this year than I did last year, so I, I feel like, I feel like at least in terms of video games, 2016 was doing all right, and not... <laughs> I thought it was a pretty good year for video games. Maybe uh, maybe above average. I don't own a PS4 or Xbox One, so I didn't play a lot, of, or or a Wii U, so I didn't play a lot of the top tier uh, AAA games. But I had good stuff on my handheld the whole year. Uh, there was a lot of like I, I'm so so impressed with Uncharted 4 and Overwatch, which I can't wait to eventually play. But I, I, I'm a little disappointed in 2016 only because the uh, two or three games I was anticipating the most all got bumped to 2017. So it, um, <laughs> I think 2016 is a good year. 2017 might be a better year, but, it, but that's only my hype talking. I don't, I don't have evidence for that. Totally. And that was kind of the thing is, so I, I think we started really strong with Uncharted. I think there is some, like, Ratchet was this year as well, which was fantastic. Dark Souls um, 3, which I love. Overwatch, Overwatch, there's Dark Souls for somebody that likes that. Dude, um, good uh, God. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh. And that's that's why like, I felt like we had a really really strong beginning of the year, and then the end, with the exception of I know people were excited for Last Guardian, and hey, we finally got Final Fantasy. Um, I felt like the fall. It, I actually really like Final Fantasy. I'm very very happy with it thus far. Um, but we, it was just basically a shooter fall, and I, I feel like I, I if, was too. If we had not lost Persona, if we had not lost Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, there's like a couple games that just started slipping that I, I feel like it could have yeah, been Persona just something 5, special. Yeah, Persona 5, Horizon Zero Dawn, Mass Effect 3, I'm sorry, Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, and, and some of those technically weren't announced, but everybody just kind of assumed, and I, I was massively excited for those, so the fall kind of ended up on just like a, a meh, um, as much as I do love those shooters. Like, I, I was most excited for Persona and Horizon, and those are just keep sliding away well persona specifically keeps sliding away for me uh, so i don't know no but uh, I, well i'm i, I mean I, th I think those are locked down now i just for me I'm, I'm with you on horizon horizon was my big game for the fall uh and for one for the big reason why i think this year was good but wasn't uh super exceptional was I think because the fall was a little lackluster for me. Now, granted, you guys were talking about FF15. I still haven't played Final Fantasy 15. It's probably going to be the, the game I play in January while waiting for uh, a couple things, like Horizon, to show up. Uh, but the shooters in the fall were good, so there were great games. I've put a lot of time into Battlefield. It's a ton of fun. I'm still playing a lot of Overwatch. It, it's weird. It just wasn't... It, there was there was so much quality this year, but there just wasn't as much of the single jump out and strangle me with excellence kind of game. Like uh, Witcher Three was one of those games that just came out and was like almost aggressively in your face was like, look how amazing I am, I am so, so special. 
And there I, wasn't that game for me this year, except for maybe I, Overwatch, kind of, but it's in, in a different way. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird. I game. I always am ridiculously positive about Sony and PlayStation. I I love everything Sony. Um, yep. A large portion of the blame I feel like I've put on the last couple falls is actually on As Sony's shoulders. Yeah. Totally. Um, they've had really, really big titles, and they've just chosen to push them, which they ended up being better, I'm guessing, in all cases. Um, but it's been a tease. And... Yeah, and that which kind of ramps up to that, and then people get out of their way, so then you have these weird lulls because they're expected of these great titles. And then, like, this year, it basically seemed... Like, I, I felt like there was an announcement at one point, you're like, yeah, well, or it, was, it may have been last year. They're like, we don't need to have any first-party games because all these third-party games are great. And we're selling yep. anyways. And so... Shuhei, Shuhei Yoshida said that last year. It's like, we're not concerned about it because we're making so much money with just third party. Which is, is really a shame because you, you look at, and we didn't mention this, but Gears of War 4 came out this fall. And it's, again, one of those things that, like, yep. Microsoft has been consistent about having these spectacular titles coming out. And it, it pads the lineup. It makes it seem much better. Where yes. The sad thing is Sony, typically their lineup is a little bit more broad for everybody. They have a little bit of everything where... Gears, like Xbox 360 originally, like the adult console. Um, yeah, and so, Clank but did, is still special in that. Did right. Xbox One have more good exclusives than PS4 this year? First party? I, I, because I, uh, I would, it, I would say no. That's hard. Because, good is a hard thing to say because a lot right. of people don't like a lot of them, but they had more first party exclusives I'm, this year. Right, and that's sure? I love Gears. Because they had Recore, but at the end of the day, stuff, well, I mean, Re are, 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 crap. are Recore and no. Gears better than Ratchet, Uncharted, and Last Guardian? No, and uh, and so. also Titanfall, well, Titanfall, yeah. which was an Xbox One exclusive a few years ago, is now is now multi-party. I I don't I, I don't for think the record I don't feel like you can put Last Guardian in there. Last Guardian doesn't belong in this conversation. It doesn't because like, that's it's just not even fair. What do you, what do you it, mean? Like, it's, 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 a, it's a Sony like, first-party studio. It's, it's literally what you're talking about. It's like, hey, does this make it better or not? This is a throwaway, like, hey, we owed this to you guys. Uh, I, I, well, okay, I think I think it's ridiculous to say that Sony is that that Sony's to blame. Uh, I would say Last Guardian. The only reason why I might not keep it in the same conversation as the other first parties is more just because there's a, a weird history attached to it, and because of it. Uh, for well, some people, like just the goggles of loving Ueda Sun and that development team, kind of gets in more, the way. But so it, it, I, I just think there's weird rarefied ground with that game for taking ten years rather than just everything else. But more what I was referring to is like we're talking I, a giant block right. It, like it goes to like AAA. Like I would argue that Uncharted and Ratchet are two of the best experiences I've had in a while in games, and Last Guardian. I feel like special. unless you have a very, very special place in your heart for Eco and Shadow, like it's just not going to happen. Even people that have that, it sounds like yeah. a lot you, of people are You have are to so be willing that. to put up with a lot of stress in Last Guardian. Granted, uh, to, to, and to your point, I feel like if you're, if you're a gamer who's played games that are very obtuse, and I don't just mean Eco and Shadow of the Losses, I mean anything going back to the days where you, again, that old adage of you played what you were given. But like, if you've dealt with crap in games to get through it and get through the slog, then a game like The Last Guardian is not hard to sit. So through. if 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 you understand the and suffering the of a gamer, then may, exactly. then maybe then maybe okay, I I'm not even gonna go there. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to Last Guardian. Shadow of the Colossus is one of my all-time favorite games. You're gonna love it. You're gonna Surprisingly, love it. for twenty for 2016, though, Nintendo was actually kind of killing it. Um, uh, we had a couple 
early on disappointments in 2016. Um, Fire Emblem Fates, and we've talked about this a lot internally. Uh, I, I, Fire Emblem Fates bore me to tears. I, uh, um, I'm sorry to interrupt, Peter, but uh, when we were doing our top fives for the website, which should be going up the same week as this recording, I'm not, I'm not totally sure about that, I was very, very close to making Fire Emblem Fates my biggest disappointment of the year. Yeah, I, like, yeah, go ahead. Well, and I didn't, I didn't hate Fates. I just liked Awakening more, and didn't, and didn't really have time to finish it. I will probably go back to it eventually. And um, and but and that was gonna say like invariably second. I know you liked that, Mike. I, I thought did. I wasn't fond of it, but <laughs> with, with again, bravely second, you have to sort of look beyond everything but the class system and the combat because I <laughs> I think it's I think it's one of the best job systems and some of the best turn based combat ever. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's all good. It's a good but, game. But, yeah, no, no, but it, default. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's like a cake that's all frosting, and when you're when you're like when you're eating your piece of cake that's 90% frosting, you realize 15% of the way through, you know, I, I don't want to eat frosting. I want to eat cake. This is, this is an analogy I can get behind. But, um, <laughs> but, but moving, moving on from that, like, um, uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions ended up being, I think, one of the best RPGs I've played in a very long time. A really good uh, kind of appetizer for Persona 5. Um, yeah, people I, are very high. Uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon ended up being real, were, were fantastic. And Pokemon Pokemon Sun and Moon is excellent. There, I don't think there was going to be any doubt about that. Um, I haven't played Shin Megami Tensei Four Apocalypse, but I have it on my shelf, staring me in the face. And people say very good things about that as well. And uh, mm. oh, yeah, Rob, yeah, Rob has a game. Rob had yes, a lot I to know, say that that's... about that on. Uh, I know, I know. On random encounter, he he has a lot of words about uh, um, about apocalypse, but he he liked the first ninety percent of it for sure. Yeah, and, I know. And, and I, was... I got about I got about twenty hours into Dragon Quest Seven before other things <laughs> happened, but I will get back to that eventually, probably maybe. Um, I, I, I now this is not a secret at all. I adore Dragon Quest. Seven. I adore Dragon Quest in general, and I thought Dragon Quest Seven was a very very good Dragon Quest. So I was um. I, and I think I mentioned before, I was uh, really surprised at how many good handheld RPGs I played this year. Cause you have yeah, there the, really were a lot. Yeah, you have the aforementioned uh, Pokemon Sun Moon, Dragon Quest Seven, uh, Trails of Cold Steel Two came out, and that's and that was terrific. I um I've play I've only Cold played Steel. the yeah I've only played the beginning of Cold Steel One, but everyone that likes the Trails games just went. Gaga over tr- Cold Steel 2, and I and I don't want to spoil anything because I think this is uh this hasn't been posted yet, but um Cold Steel 2 is well represented in the uh, RPG Fan Games of the Year award- awards, so it's it's I I am I am chomping at the bit to play that, but I really want to finish yeah. Cold Steel one first. The, the Fal the Falcom enthusiasm among the staff has oh, yeah. has really really rubbed off on me. <laughs> yeah, and and man, <laughs> we're creating more every day. It's terrific. <laughs> Yes. Uh, there also was uh, Severed, if anyone actually played that on Vita, other than I me. But, I uh, no, um, uh, uh, Derek Very on the good. site played it. He, um, he and Very I, good. he talked about it a little bit, and I think it, um, it was a Vita game, but I think it had, it's getting an it's iPad now, port. It's now gone over to iOS, and it's going to be going to Wii U, I believe, cool. or was planned for Wii U. It might be going to Switch now, but yeah, it's yeah, that it's game been, uses touchpad, super smart. Platforms. Yep, and it's very charming. Uh, much more intense and mature for Drinkbox than their last games. It's not as goofy. Yeah, they uh, did Guacamelee a couple years Fantastic. ago, right? Yep, Guacamelee, and then before that, they did uh, Tales from Outer Space, Mutant Blobs, a couple, a bunch of Vita games. That's where they kind of made their bread and butter as a, as a company. Okay. And expanded off of that, uh, like with Guacamelee. Started with Vita and PS4, or PS3, and then expanded elsewhere. But mm. 
their their Drinkbox is a fantastic little indie studio that just does very high quality games. They're just not long experiences, so you can beat it in a weekend or a day. But Severed is really well made and a fantastic little handheld RPG. So if anyone's looking for something to kill like a day with, that's a easy, easy, easy suggestion. But it, it seems like in terms of like high profile experiences, like maybe some of the ones we we're really looking forward to got pushed back or just didn't come out this year. But uh, like, I mean, Final Fantasy 15 was still one of the best gaming experiences I've had in a while. But that's that's you're, you're, sure. you're, you're yeah. there. And we and we but, mentioned um, uh, Persona 5 and Mass Effect and Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, Cosmic Star Heroine has got pushed back a game another year. Uh, and I want I've been, that game. I've wanted to play that thing since 2014. And I and I put and I put money into the Kickstarter. Um, uh, East Lacrimosa of Donna came out this year in Japan, and we That's don't right. know we don't know when we're getting when the West is getting that. Uh, Tokyo Xanadu got um, confirmed for 2017 by by Axis of all people. Please. Yeah, it, it's super yeah, weird is... that that XC develops every single Fal- um, Falcom game, but Axis is picking up Tokyo Xanadu. That's and, and um and and XC just published Xanadu next the a previous Xanadu game earlier this year which is another pretty good RPG that came out um Robert Fenner played that one and reviewed it for the site and he liked it uh so there's yeah, there's a lot of good games that came out in 2016 but to me the shadow hanging over it is that a bunch of my most hyped games got pushed to 2017 mm-hmm. and a lot of the best games of 2016 were genres I'm not really into like I I don't really play very many shooters and uh, and I don't play yeah, much, I don't and I and I don't really play much horror either. And Inside is making a lot of end of year lists around the yeah. around the internet. So it's it, this 2016 wasn't my year, but there was a lot of good stuff to play. I feel, and I I, I got a new Phoenix Wright and a new Dragon Quest, so of course I'm happy. And uh, but 2017, yeah, oh, in 2017 might be the real deal. And you know, I, I did mention earlier in this episode that I don't own a PS4, but that changed literally two days ago. <laughs> it's, it's. I was gonna say. Yeah, no, it's, 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 yeah, yeah. It's, it's still packaged. I haven't opened it yet because I wanna. It's, um, I have a and really when busy. When you finally play Last of Us, you're gonna have yeah. yourself. <laughs> I yeah, I have, I have Uncharted 4 and Last of Us Remastered to break it in. So, yeah, it's, uh, uh, good choice. Th- but that's going to happen in the new year. I have uh, stuff I want to finish and work on in 2016, and that and playing that in the first week of January is going to be a gift to myself. Yeah. Talking I, about I, del- oh, sorry, go ahead, Peter. No, never. I, I was just going to say I can finally join in the Lost Odyssey podcast if when we ever get around to that because I have the game now. Right, it's and a, you, um, nice. are you are you playing it on uh, on an Xbox One backward compatible? On Xbox One, yeah. So the right. so there are, so the load times are like non-existent. It's great. Because it, it, it's not loading for, it's not reading from a disc um, anymore, and it's just installed on the system. So and the and the processor is good enough to really just have it be smooth. Yeah, so it's yeah, that's it's it, it, it's 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 really nice. I, I like it. It's a bit jarring coming up to that after FF15, but I, I like <laughs> it so far. <laughs> what I was gonna say is that you know you're talking about there were a lot of high profile delays, but two of my weirdly two of my favorite games from this year were. Uh, personal favorite RPGs that got remastered, in one being yeah. Valkyria Chronicles, which mm. made me so happy to get back out there into the world after its 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 small PS3 success, and then also Odin Sphere, Lift Thrust here, oh, yeah. that that whole version, because uh, that was a game that when it came out on PS2, played the the I gotta be careful the hell out of played the heck out of it, shucks howdy, 
And uh, that's a game yeah, I was so exactly so excited to Van- see. Vanilla Ware's art direction is oh, so I love incredible. It so much. And their um, Odin's all their games are so beautiful. That, that um, that 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 mecha game that they that they teased a while ago is coming out in 2017, isn't it? Yes, apparently, which makes me so happy. I just I wish I just keep hoping people give them what was, enough oh, money shoot. to survive. I, I feel terrible. Their 2D what, art is unparalleled. What what, is, what was that um, giant robots game they're making called? Um, I don't even remember. I don't remember I, either. Legitimately, because uh, uh, the second you mentioned it is the first time I remember that thing existed in a very long time. Okay, so I, I, I know because uh, right now the staff is composing the uh, the uh, most anticipated 2017 on in the you know in the in the background in the site, and I and I, I remember seeing that game again appear on that list. But I forget its name. Oh, it's escaping me. It's going to bother me the whole night. 13 Sentinels? That's it. Okay, sure. Aegis Rim? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, Aegis. I, I thought, for some reason, Aegis... I, I thought it was called Aegis, but I just... Uh, or I guess, technically, since it's being published by Atlas, maybe we should say Aegis, the sacred persona. Maybe. Well, um... Not to get off topic, but have you seen the artwork for that new RPG they're teasing? Yeah! Um, they that shit no, looks I, a I lot that. like Aegis. Yeah, they it, well, it, it's a it's sort of an elfin woman. She has long ears, uh, but 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 like it's it looks like a you know swords and armor fantasy RPG, and it looks great. Really? Yeah. Is that what? How hilarious would it be if it turns out it's thirteen sensible? <laughs> no, 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 no. I know, I know, it's not at all. No, they, it's they've a new they, original Atlas title. You know, they, they get, there's a name for it. That, I guess. Yeah, there's a name for it out there somewhere, but it's it's only a day or two ago is when they revealed it. But uh, it, it, that looks good. There's a lot of stuff to be excited for in 2017. That's that's for sure. But uh, for me, 2017 looks more interesting than 2016 for a handful of reasons. But yeah, I, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw any shade on 2016. It was a good year for games. Yeah. Why don't we uh, we actually go into like our favorite moments or like our favorite games? Like we can give like our top one, maybe like two runner-ups or just like honorable mentions or something. Um, and just kind of roll through there. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Uh, I, if I'm putting everybody in the slot, spot, I can go first. Yeah, guest, yeah. But go, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Josh. Uh, <laughs> he says with a smile. You. No, you I just I go. That's uh, the whole point of the podcast. I kind of no, figured everybody would be ready. No, I know. I, I just legitimately <laughs> um, the second you said it went. Where do I go first? Yeah, that's all. Yeah. I so. We've talked about this before. It's hard to play other games other than this podcast when you're on the podcast consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I, I like playing a lot of other things other than RPGs. So then with yeah. kind of regular coverage of this, I, I kind of need palate cleansers outside of this. Um, so I actually really didn't play much games that are covered by the site outside of this podcast. Um, but I, I there wasn't... In all honesty, and I'm sure people will get upset about that, there wasn't a lot that came out this year that super caught my eye. Um, Didn't speak to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, my number one game of the year um, is absolutely Uncharted 4. Uh, right. we've, we've talked about this before. I, I love that series. and I, I think Uncharted 4 just kind of puts a perfect end cap on that whole series. And It's a beautiful love letter it, to the whole journey of that series. Right. and that, And that's kind of... I feel like a lot of times there's sequels and they're trying to do things or they think they you liked it for a certain reason. And I, I felt like the whole time they just understood and 
it was just a perfect everything. Um, and there, there's so many like important touchstones for gaming in like my gaming life that have kind of tied to Uncharted. So it was just it was an emotional journey on top of everything else for me. Um, beyond that, it's two games that we've already talked about a lot, or kind of at least mentioned a lot. Um, Ratchet and Clank, and then Overwatch. I love the Ratchet series. That was fantastic. That I thought again, just I just hope it did well enough that there's gonna be more. And then we've talked about Overwatch a boatload, but that's my kind of like my gaming junk food of the year. It, was, I, it always it's always there, um, and I'm always kind of snacking on it here or there. Sometimes you need that game. For me, for yeah, me, my, that, my, my junk food game is Heroes of the Storm, but I, I get what you mean. Well, my true, at the end of the day, really, really, honest right. to God, uh-huh. junk food is Hearthstone. Yeah, I, um, I was trying to bait that a little bit. <laughs> I was saying, it's... Yeah, it's, we, I figured we wouldn't bring it up. I, I, I sure. wish I... I, should, I I'm going to, at this point, this year, I'm going to mark how many wins I have, <laughs> and then see how many I can get in the next year, because I'm pretty sure I had over a thousand wins this past year. I think I'm closer to 2,000 wins in that game. Um, which is just a crap okay, load so of amount of time for that. Just all the other games you could have played. All of them. Well, I do... I, thankfully, my players don't listen to this. I do a lot of it at work. Um, <laughs> it, it's also... A lot of it is 15 <laughs> minutes or 10 minutes, so it's easy to do like in between doing stuff for a kid or like a kid's like off wandering around doing stuff. Right. But he seems like he might not kill himself, so I can have some fun on my own time. Um, yeah, and so that... The sad thing about that, though, is I, I kind of viewed it as, all right, well, I can't remember what Overwatch came out in, but it, it's early, like May. May. And it's like, all right, well, my year's done. Yep. Um, and that that was kind of disappointing, but I, I have to give a just a really, really huge honorable mention to Final Fantasy XV. Um, I was still debating up until the moment that it was released whether or not I should actually buy it. Um, I... I still remember seeing Versus 13, the trailer, the first time and losing my mind, being so crazy excited for it, and then somehow actually stayed, for the most part, excited the entire journey of that development. Um, and yeah. then it looked out to like, the last little bit, and I was like, yeah, I don't know, I feel like this isn't going to work out. And I'm really, really happy I ended up pre-ordering it. Amazon screwed up and gave it to me at daylight anyways. Screw you guys. Um, yeah, definitely with everybody else, like, oh, I got it a week early. And I'm like, yeah, mine's going to be a week day late, even though they promised it. I got mine a week late. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, um, somehow Steph got hers uh, like five days early or something. because I think, I think a store broke street date or something. Yeah, some, I think, I no, think it was from Amazon, I thought. No, she got hers from a, from a Canadian EB Games. Oh. But... Yeah, still so, uh, someone's getting fired. In in, Can- in Canada, it's still EB Games and not GameStop. But I I was actually really happy because uh, Steph was actually the main reason that I ended up pre-ordering. I kind of talked to her a very small amount and I saw everything that she was saying, mm-hmm. and it was just enough to push me over. And I can't put it in like my top top list of games. Like it doesn't break in my top three because I haven't played enough of it. But thus far, everything I've played is I've enjoyed. I still there's a disconnect between what I wanted versus 13 to be and what this actually is. Um, but it, it feels kind of unfair to build that down. I, so. I, building on that, Josh, I, I finished it the other day, and um, I'm not going to get into anything, any, any specifics or anything. I like, I liked it over... I really, I really, really loved, loved the game. 
I have some ish there are issues with it, but putting aside that 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 kind of burden of expectation that we had for versus, it's and it's evident playing fifteen that there are so many like drafts and rewrites of this script that kind of got like hobbled together. It's a miracle it comes together at all. Like and yes. it is that the game is as fun as it is is yeah, nothing short of astounding to me. But I loved playing it. Like absolutely adored it. Yeah. And it, it came it came late because I needed something a couple months ago, but it was it was I've been in such a lull, and I all I keep doing is staring off into February and April for Horizon and Persona, and I was like, I, there's nothing in between for me. Horizon comes out on my birthday, so I might make that a present to myself now that I have it oh, on PS4. Okay. So many games coming out, so many games. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and that and that's this was the great just in between for me, so I'm ecstatic about that. Uh, what now, Chris? Are you actually excited? Mine no longer blank. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I can give you my list now. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, for the delay. no, no, I, you're the best. I can, I can keep just kind of rambling about something else if you want. Uh, I would, I would also have my number one game at Uncharted Four. Uh, it's a series Ooh. that I, I truly love, and I think the way that game plays on its own as just a standalone, uh, outside of the series as a whole, I think it's a great game. What it does within the series and how it plays on. Uh, or plays up a lot of the relationships with characters that I think haven't been uh, as focused on in 2 and 3, uh, or, of course, even Uncharted Golden Abyss. Uh, the backstory, a lot of the stuff they fleshed out uh, there, even though at sometimes if it felt like it was a little forced, then there were some great story moments that kind of explained away why those moments might have felt forced or a little bizarre. Uh, it just it, It's such a well-made game. It didn't go for as huge of a set piece as you might have gotten in Uncharted 2 or 3. I think that was actually a good thing. I really liked a lot of the quiet moments in that game. The conversations, which they took directly out of uh, Last of Us style, where you approach whoever you're with and press triangle and have a little dialogue. I thought it was so smart. And it really allowed a lot of people to kind of appreciate the journey they've been on with these characters uh, over the past four games. And it's just... Naughty Dog, as artists... They're impeccable designers, and it is a game just like with GTA V when it first came out where you can obsess over the tiniest little animation of getting into a car and just realize that there's no one else because there's usually not a budget. <laughs> People aren't given a budget like, a, like Naughty Dog is given. We're going to create that kind of detailed work. It, it's really, really special. Uh, my second game would actually be Overwatch. Uh, I know, Josh, you were saying... No, it's 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 fun, throwaway, popcorn fun. I think that game is just, again, in a, it's just a perfectly not, not throwaway game. fun. I know. I, I'm. Uh, you were talking about like the more, popcorn more, more like more like short time fun than throwaway totally. fun. And it's... I agree. It's it's quick and it's fun. God, I think it is, it is the most excellent, uh, team-based shooter loop, uh, and it it especially. It's a hard thing if you're solo queuing, if you're playing alone. I can see the burnout. Uh, I'm lucky that I have a very good group of people. I can always assume that one of them is going to be on. And that is a game, just like, you know, we, we just did Diablo 3 and we obsessed over mm. the glory of that loot cycle. The gameplay loop and the kind of endorphin rush that you get playing Overwatch is something I've never 
gotten out of another shooter before, and I've played a lot of multiplayer hours, especially over the last seven years of my life in shooters. That's usually my multiplayer outlet. Uh, and I was stunned by how much Overwatch took a hold of me. Granted, I also play a lot of I play a lot of the heroes, but I main Tracer, and you often feel like you are uh, seeing the zeros and ones of the game, and you're a step faster than everyone else. So it's it's pretty special to destroy everyone with her. But good God, that game is just so well made and you, so charming yeah. and fantastic. You, you brought up the term gameplay loop a couple times, and you know gameplay loop refers to the basic repeated actions that you do over the course of a game. In in an RPG, it might the gameplay loop might be the battle system. In Overwatch or Short or a MOBA, the gameplay loop is a single match. And when the gameplay loop of a of a game is really compelling, then that's a game that you want to just be playing over and over forever. And Overwatch and... is so t- is so like beautifully wound tight and so fun and well designed in its basic gameplay loops that I think it could have the legs to be. Uh, Very big for a long time. Yeah, long, big for a long time. And again, it came out in May, and we've already had a couple map updates and two new characters added, for bringing the roster from 21 to 23. So if Blizzard yeah. continues supporting it that way, I mean, I, 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 I'm, not, I don't know how long the tail on Overwatch could be. It, yeah. it could. It's. Uh, I, I'm so impressed with it. And uh, I mean, you, you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned I, got, I think the only character we've mentioned is Tracer, but oh, I also unique and special. Yeah, yeah the, they're the very, very great. The cast is terrific. I, I am so impressed with how diverse and fun yep. and funny the the cast is. It, it it's like the right balance of takes itself seriously and doesn't and uh, and is is comfortable with with humor and a little silliness. It's. And the second someone becomes unbalanced or or useless within the the meta of the game, there are they they almost patch in something to make that player usable again. Symmetra being the greatest example. Yeah, they That's do. A character they... that no one played going into October and September, and now she's super useful again. They care. They don't want anyone to fall behind. Yeah, Blizzard's uh, usually pretty good about balance and tuning, game. but uh, I mean, the, with exceptions, like I mean, the Hearthstone meta, I don't even want to try to explain. But yeah, but, uh, but, but like, so far, o- Overwatch feels fun and balanced. Yeah, Blizzard, Blizzard. Uh, I joked about this before uh, on a different podcast, but Blizzard doesn't make games anymore; they make platforms that just happen to be game franchises. And Overwatch, to me, seems like it's gonna it's gonna be around for a long time. Very Word. long time. And that's, by the way, the most obvious statement of the year too. So let's not. <laughs> That so, that so Peter, do you that's have game two? So go, Peter. <laughs> I, I would join in the Overwatch love if I'd played it, but um, I'm, I, I've been seriously considering getting a PlayStation Plus subscription just so I can, because yeah, that, it, it looks it looks fantastic. I don't even like shooters. I think it looks fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's I think what's thing. so special about it though is you don't, I, I don't actually I don't have like to sh- be fantastic at shooters to be good at it. I, I don't like shooters either, and I'm and I am in on the op- Overwatch hype. <laughs> but um. Yeah. As for games I played this year, I'm we already, already talked about FF15. Tur- turned out to not maybe not quite what everyone hoped for, but still a really good game. Um, World of Final Fantasy really surprised me um, with how much I enjoyed that game, uh, the the Chibi FF game. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, the one where you restack monsters on top of other monsters. Yeah, that. So like, so like the, you you play it, you start playing it, and it's like, oh, haha, this is funny and cute, and it makes little FF inside jokes, and there's fourth wall breaks, and I want to murder the mascot character and like string him up by his own intestines, but um, 
That's and specific and dark. Okay. I, oh my god, Tama is the reason I switched the game to the Japanese vocal track. <laughs> and even then, even then, she's insufferable. But what I wasn't expecting was for the game in the second half, it actually takes a surprisingly dark turn into legitimate storytelling. And like, I wasn't expecting that like World of Final Fantasy to actually impact me emotionally. It's still a simple story, but it ends up being pretty well told. And I, it was one of my bigger gaming surprises this year. It was, I, is that we had it, it was a really good game. Um, and I mentioned earlier to Tokyo Mirage Sessions. That was another one where it was like, they announced it, and I don't think anyone really knew quite what to make of a Mushin Megami Tensei Fire Emblem crossover game that was uh, themed around pop idols and featured uh, robot robot pegasus knights but that too turned out to be a really really fantastic game and tokyo tokyo mirage in general like if you took the you took the the weapon triangle from fire emblem the the press turn once more system from smt and persona and then they like made sweet love to each other and the, the result was this this absolutely phenomenal combat system where your entire party can join in on these epic chain attacks. And um, they actually do, like, their, like, silly, like, little duo arts where they uh, they actually perform songs throughout the game, and they'll actually perform some of those songs in battle. And, like, it, it's hilarious and entertaining, and uh, I, I, I can't praise that game enough. It Like, with all these rumored ports coming to the, the, the Switch, uh, Tokyo Mirage might be the only reason that I hold on to my Wii U. <laughs> Right on. Well, I guess it's my turn, and um, I'll I, since I most I mentioned before I mostly played handhelds this year. I'll get into two handheld games that I really love for sort of opposite reasons. Um, I, we I mentioned the Dragon Quest Seven remake, and part of the reason I am so happy I finally finished that game. It took me about seventy hours, but I did it. Uh, was that I couldn't get through the first say, five or ten hours of the PS1 version. It was so painfully slow, and it came out in 2000 when I was, you know, when I was playing these really awesome uh, uh, medium-paced RPGs like Skies of Arcadia and Final Fantasy IX and Final Fantasy X. Being released at the same time as all those other games, uh, I it could not hold my attention. And But I adore the Dragon Quest series, and as I started to play all of them through the 2000s, uh, seven was sort of the one that kept eluding me, and I finally got to play a version of the of Dragon Quest Seven that was more palatable to me uh, a few months ago, and I loved it. It's a really, really good Dragon Quest story. the The characters are interesting, and they they can be a little bland if you don't press uh if you don't press B a lot in towns. But there's there, there's a uh, that like it's a fun cast the storyline gets better the longer you play and when all the pieces fit together it's terrific the class system's good there's a lot of depth to the combat and options you have it's it's a really good dragon quest game as maybe i wouldn't maybe recommend it over 5 or 8 or even 4 but it's a very very good one i'm glad i finally got to play it and the other one instead of sort of fulfilling these ex- my expectations and uh you know being a game that i've always wanted to play pokemon sun and moon Upset the status quo of Pokemon in a way that makes is that make it the most exciting Pokemon game ever made. It really did. Because yeah. because uh, Pokemon X and Y, um, 
were good, to my understanding, but they were also regular ass Pokemon games. They were they they were the Pokemon that you know and love, but updated visually and technically, and, and I guess maybe even socially for 2014 is when they came out, right? Am I? Am I yeah, that... yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah. It, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't do much for me. Yeah. So XY re- um, represented definitely a technical upgrade, and were all right Pokemon games on their own, but uh, but Sun and Moon. Are have so many meaningful changes for the series. They like uh, HMs are, this, are a thing of the past. Regular Pokemon gyms are a thing of the past. They yeah, re- they redesign and reboot Pokemon from twenty years ago with new types and approaches and looks. It instead of being everything you expect from a Pokemon game, it's at the same time definitely a Pokemon game, but definitely making all of these changes that just make it surprising. The whole way through, and my, my my favorite thing about it is it does things. Uh, I'm gonna use one example that that may be a minor spoiler, but it does things that I sort of wish I could do in older ones. There's a there's a challenger mode where after you be, you beat the game and you become the Pokemon champion, you're allowed to take on challengers to your throne. Hmm. And, uh, and that's a feature I've been waiting for them to do for years. And and the and the <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And and like and you meet and your challengers are you know. Uh, Pokemon players that you meet that you that you've met throughout the game, like your rival challenges you, and I think maybe one, a former gym leader challenges you. But also one of the one of your challengers is a youngster. That's the first NPC you fight. <laughs> like in in minute ten, it, he comes back as a challenger in you know hour thirty. It like like it, it does so many things that seems so different for a Pokemon and seems so right for Pokemon that it is. I think it's the Pokemon game that any that everyone should play if they have even at least a passing interest in it. Do you still have to trade Pokemon to have them evolve? Um. Yeah. I think. I think. Uh, well, there's only there's only four Pokemon that have done that ever, and I think those four still that is still how you make them evolve. It's too bad. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Maybe there's more than four, but no. Sun and Moon was real good. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, loved it. Stone and Moon was probably the game that made me the most angsty. Um, I'm not even sure that's the right word. I I went back and forth even more than I, I kind of explained like me going back and forth between Final Fantasy and 15 whether or not I should get it or not. I <sighs> Pokemon has such a special place in my heart. We've talked about that on the Pokemon podcast. Like it, it's my first in so many regards. Um, and the Pokemon I, podcast was right around a year ago. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it was after our second annual end of the year podcast. Um, First annual, and <laughs> we oh, uh, like we touched on all of that. But I, I always want to capture that like that special like that special nest that it had when like you were younger. And for me, I, I know I'm kind of in the minority for sure. At least on, people on this podcast, um, it, it struggles in the most recent couple and i had been really excited when i had been playing x and y because everybody said they made all these improvements and they did but there was still just something missing and kind of like tangentially watching like people talk about sun and moon i feel like they fixed the last couple problems i was having with it but then i'm also not ready to have my heart broken again Sun and Moon trims away so much of the fat that was holding Pokemon back and does so many new things that surprised me that I, I think it's it, it's the new standard. It's it set a new bar for what is literally the best-selling RPG franchise in history. 
So I, th- I think it's, I think it's worth it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Someday. So what was the rest of your, uh, your list, Mike? Oh well, I, I see. I did Dragon Quest Seven. I did Pokemon Sun and Moon. Uh, what's something we haven't talked about? Hey, you know, you know what also is a thing that where you hunt monsters and or catch monsters and they evolve. What? Digimon. Uh, yeah, there there was a really good Digimon RPG that came out earlier this year. What about oh. Monster Rancher? Uh, Monster Rancher was super neat because I could put in my like <laughs> I could put in my Green Day CDs and they would turn into a like weird eye monsters. Still, still not really sure how they how they worked that out. I loved Monster Rancher. <laughs> look, I, I took also... one look at the artwork from Monster Rancher and ran away. <laughs> I, I, I gotta I... ask: Did any of you guys actually play Dark Souls this year? No. Oh, I, I can't play Souls. I, I'm too bad at video games. Can I can I have my Dark, Dark Souls, Souls two minutes? No, no, no. You had your Dark Souls two minutes like eight podcasts ago. Yeah, you're good. You're good. So yeah, but no. Um, <laughs> Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth is a really, really good RPG that made. Wait, me... I was right. Yes. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I was being super flippant. No. <laughs> there was a there was a Digimon RPG that came out around the middle of the year. I think I I, I would guess early summer, but I'm I could be wrong about that. I didn't get it until it was on sale later. But it's uh, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth is a really fun uh, D- Digimon RPG. There's there, there's detective work. There's a lot less catching and more evolving and more training than Pokemon. And it's so it's a different you know the the gameplay loop is a little differently paced than it is in Pokemon. And it's less it's less regimented. You're it's more like a RPG story that goes a variety of places instead of having obvious goals like like gym leaders in Elite Four and badges. But it's really interesting, and if you even have a passing interest in Digimon, and you own a Vita or a PS3, or I think it was a Vita or a PS4. I forget. PS4, I, yeah. yeah, I PS4. played it on the Vita. But if you have a Vita or a PS4, and a passing interest in Digimon, I, I think it's really worth it. It, it. I think it was the game of the year for one of our co-workers at RPG Fan. But a lot I of actually forgot really that, that came out yeah. this year. But I, I remember when that first came out, a lot of people were super excited for it. I haven't played it yet, but I remember I saw the the uh, Devil Survivor artist had done the art for that and was yeah. Was oh right, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, oh, Dararara. Yeah. It's a really strike. It's a strikingly colorful game. The monsters are all cool. They all start cute and end up terrifying, which is, which is which is you know the, uh, which is you know the course for a lot of these. But. I I didn't finish it because there's just too many video games, but I really liked what I played, and I know a lot of people love that thing, and I definitely recommend it. Mike, did you have you seen footage for um for Digimon World Next Order, the game that's coming out next year? No, I I know that yeah. Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth is in the Digimon World series, and and there's the United States has only gotten some of those. Yeah, so there's another one coming out next year called um, Digimon World Next Order that we've um, we've been writing some stories about, so I've had a little bit of exposure to it. Okay. It looks weird. Sweet. Like, I mean, I, I like weird? this. I, I liked uh, Cyber Sleuth enough that I am. Uh, I, I, yeah, did lot, I did a lot of monster games. It's a games completely year, different I? style of gameplay. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm really confused every time I see footage of it. I'm like, what is this? It's like real, semi real time, arena based. What? <laughs> yeah, you I have my know. attention now. I'll have to look into that. I, I was surprised at how much I liked Cyber Sleuth, but it had so much positive word of mouth that I really 
uh, wanted to try it. And um, it, it, I don't know. I, I didn't finish it, so I didn't include it on my, the list I wrote for RPG fan. But I am. I'm really, really excited to play more of that thing. Nice. That's awesome. So, um, a quick change of gears a little bit. Now, we, we've talked mm. about our favorite game experiences of the year. Do any of us have a favorite particular retro encounter episode or retro encounter experience of the year, whether listening or recording? All the good episodes were the ones that I weren't on. <laughs> okay, no disagreement from me, but I mean, what was your favorite anyway? Hold it, ice. Yeah, well. Um, they talk a lot. <laughs> I still kind of maintain some of my favorite episodes for these are uh, these more off kilter ones. So like kind of the end of the year, and then um, the I, I really enjoy doing the conference, like conference, like responding to conferences. So the oh the, we the, the, did for the Game Awards, we did mm-hmm. for BlizzCon, we did for PSX. Um, but I, I, I like the structure of those a little bit better sometimes. Somehow yeah, we... we actually stay more on pace, like on point with what we're supposed to talk about. Well, I mean, for for those episodes, we yeah, I think for all of them, we basically had a list of stuff we had to get through, but we had but we had a lot to talk about, and those were all good discussions. I, d- I enjoyed recording both of those as well. My my favorite podcast um, was probably the Essential Town. Um, <laughs> I and I know that one got violent. Yeah. Wait, Blake, you lot... said I wasn't allowed to talk about. Why is Peter allowed to talk about it? I, I told I told you you weren't allowed to talk about it. Peter, is your name Josh? I last I checked. No. All right, Peter, go for it. <laughs> podcast that shall not be named. Let's name it. The pot, the podcast that shall not, the podcast that shall not be named. Uh, Lord, podcast Voldemort um, was a violent exor- undertaking. Um, many, many revelations were had about um, the the gaming tastes of different staff members, myself included. The salt that, uh, flowed. And much salt was flowed and poured on open wounds, and it was it was nasty. But it I heard a rumor that that was going to be an annual thing as well. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun to do. I I really liked the um, especially the first episode. I think the uh, paring it down and kind of discussing it that was a, a fun process. And I um enjoy I I re- I, it, I rarely honestly listen to the podcast that i'm on but um i i really re-listened to both parts recently and just it's it's it, i think i think that one came together really well so it's it, it felt like a moment where we could be proud of our work and that's always feels good it was one of those things that i, I listened to a crap ton of podcasts and i've heard other people do it and like we mentioned even i think when we started that some of it was kind of based off of like the work we'd seen with giant bomb and they always kind of mention the huge undertaking and how stressful it is, how they just feel exhausted afterwards. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. You guys are kind of just saying that. Um, it was one of those things, even spacing it out, I think there was a week downtime in between. It was just, it was a lot. It, it, it was, it, I have a huge amount of respect for people that do those types of podcasts every year. Because um, there was some tension occasionally um Mm -hmm. and it was there's some stress and there was just some very 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 long conversations so it was it was definitely very different than anything else we've ever done yes it was it was definitely different it um 
in a way, I mean, part part of what I like being on retro is is sort of it's uh, sometimes I've been forced out of my gaming comfort zone, playing games for Retro Encounter. I remember when we were recording Essential Ten, um, there was such uh, there was such passion from uh, Marcos talking about. Uh, Steamboat uh, Chronicles. Yeah, yeah, Steam talking about Steam Bot, Steam Bot, Steam Bot Chronicles, and um, yeah. and Davey talking about Etrian Odyssey. That he they, it actually. Um, you know, got me to trying those games out, and I wouldn't have done it otherwise. So just uh, like like things like that, and, and hearing the diverse opinions of the five panelists on it, that including me, was uh, a really interesting experience and got me second guessing certain games. Like maybe do I want to go and try and try something I was I've steadfastly refused to try for a decade. I don't know. I'm not going to make any promises, but I, I really enjoyed recording those as well. I almost want to do it again just because I know we can do a better job with it. Um, but I think that was ultimately the most interesting thing is we all come in with, like, these opinions that sometimes we didn't even really have any, like, background to be able to back it up with. And to pick and choose our fights where it's like, I felt so strongly about X game and all of a sudden I'm not willing to fight for it because I need to have this game get through or... Peter screwed us over once again, so we needed to make sure he gets Zelda off the list or something like that. Um, it was just like it was just weird kind of compromises between other individuals, and then also compromises with yourself of what you're willing to live with. I I, I thought it was super interesting. It was interesting. Damn you, Peter. Damn you. It was a process, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> process. Oh, I love it. Spot on. There's there's a great Philadelphia 76ers joke I could make right now, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. Talking about practice? No, no, I'm talking about the process. I'm talking about practice, not a game. Not a game, a not a game. Practice. practice. Um, I, I still think, uh, although that was a lot of fun in a weird, twisted sort of way, I think the most fun podcast I've been on all of the year was uh, South Park. <laughs> yes, that's what I was gonna say. Cause I was not part of the Essential Ten, did not experience the stress. South Park was a blast. It was rated R. It was fun. You can have my spot next time, Chris. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Sound. It sounded like quite the trial. I, I, I might. I might. Yeah, but in in a way, South Park was the opposite because, like, but oh. by the end of Essential Ten, I was getting tired and just ready to start agreeing with people just so we it would end. But with South Park. I mean, the three of us were so enthusiastic on that podcast, and we uh, we it was so much fun. And and like both playing the game and talking about it was just so much fun that I, I think I mentioned this on the podcast. But right when we finished recording the first episode, I went and finished the game that night and and played it for like four yeah. straight hours afterwards. Yeah, man, that game that game is special. It's just pure childlike glee. Yeah, it's a, it's and, a great yeah, game. It's a great and it's game. an absolute it's must play for. About. If you like South Park, it's an absolute, absolute must-play. I think it's an absolute so must-play if you like RPGs. It, just, I, I it think almost you, feels like it shouldn't be this good, and it's so good, you've got to play it. And that was the great thing for me, is going into it, I had heard so many good things, but still you're kind of like, all right, well, whatever. And it was it caught me so off guard with how funny it was. that funny. Enjoyable. No. Exactly. Um, yeah, we had a really good, like, five weeks, because I think right before we started South Park, we did Persona 4 as well. And yeah, um, I think I, I have two favorite episodes of the year, and one of them was the Persona 4 episode, because 
with the Perso- with the Persona, Persona Four, yeah, with the Persona Four episode and with the Falcom encounter episode uh, a few months ago, it was just people that were very knowledgeable and very enthusiastic about the that game or games and sharing personal experiences and and just gushing about it, which is yeah, it's it, again pure joy. Yeah, again, it's I I think the most interesting retro experiences for me are the ones where I am out of my comfort zone but secretly I just love sitting in my comfort zone and thriving because yeah. I mean like <laughs> Persona, like Persona 4 and Falcom RPGs and I guess also to a degree the uh, Final Fantasy 6 episode I recorded with Alana it was just so much fun doing all of it because it was uh, yeah it, it, was, it, was, it was refreshing just doing nothing but talk about games that I love already without the burden of having to play them in a month which is why you like well, that's games. that's that's the devil is certain uh, off off the air. Mike and I have talked about this a bunch about format and structure of how yeah. these episodes and games should be covered, and we it, still it, haven't like, figured it out. <laughs> no, it, it's a surprise. Um, but it's one of those things that, and, and some of my favorite moments, and it didn't happen as much this year, but definitely my favorite moments of the first year was actually Peter, which I'm happy you're here for it. Like, you playing through tactics for the first time or experiencing Castlevania for the first time and listening to your frustration or your awe about this or just, like, you're just dumbfounded about this or that. And, like, having those those first moments and, like, being able to have those on air is so interesting and it's so exciting and so refreshing. And I, I think it's fun to be part of those conversations. I think it's fun, also probably most more fun to listen to. Um but oh, as a yeah, the as a was, just, was a lot of fun. Yeah, and then but as a person that's recording for your stress for your life and whatnot, going into like a persona where like, hey, we've all per- played Persona Four multiple times, and we know this game inside and out. <laughs> don't have to rush through it for a month. Same thing happened yeah, yeah, with Diablo we did, we did, Three for most of us. Yeah, for like, Persona yeah. Four, like part of the reason we made that as a bonus round was because none of us wanted the burden of having to play a ninety-hour game in a month. <sighs> that but that would have been unfair. <laughs> But then you get that whole extra deeper layer of like we know all the secrets where like if you're playing for the first time you just you don't have the chance to find all these and so it, we're we're still trying to figure it out but it I, I think a lot of times for us recording it it's more fun to be on those when you've already played it because there's just there is a stress of I, I'll never forget Peter you trying to beat. I think you actually did it while we were recording. You're still trying to beat one of the bosses in tactics. Yeah, it was, it was a Wygraph. It was the that fight. <laughs> the, the, the chapter, the chapter three, one v one Wygraph that gets out of yeah, hand. Yeah, that, yeah, that that guy. Uh, yeah, it is one of those things. It's like it's it's recording gold, but at the same time, like the number of times that I have like, hey, we're recording in the morning on a Saturday, and. I go to bed on a Friday and I wake up at two because I have to bang out the last couple hours to make sure I'm ready for this recording. Or I'm literally playing it while we're doing like the prep for the show. I'm like, oh, I'm watching the ending or the credits of this yeah. to see the last couple of moments. For for Final Fantasy X, The World Ends With You, Deus Ex, uh, probably more than I'm forgetting, I finished the game within two hours of starting the recording for the last episode of it. Yeah. I... I I've lost count of the number of times I have finished a game within like you know, 20 minutes of us actually recording. For that reason, uh, one of like the the kind of different podcasts from the year that I really dug was Juniper's Not. I really That's liked that game. month of just doing those one-offs of mm-hmm. smaller games, and like we're you know we're doing the roguelike stuff soon. But yes, I like yes. I, it was so great to just have those just like play one of these small things, get a chip. We did three games that month, and just. Yep. 
yeah, that game was great. And I, 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 I don't really dig on a lot of visual novels. And that one was fantastic. To, to the moon, to really? the moon was the same deal for me. Yeah, I, yeah. I was, I was but on this, one. I was on the podcast with Peter. Awesome. I, I did to the moon that month, and it was, uh, it was refreshing. That was nice. I yeah, like, I like that game a lot. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think overall, like, I think it was a good year of the podcast. We had a lot of weird, like, side diversion stuff. We covered a lot of different grounds, like. I had to play Dangerompa for the first time. We had a bunch of indie games. We had, we finally played old games because apparently we only played games for like the last year, which I always see in the comments. So we actually played some old stuff. We covered Final Fantasy. Like you guys actually convinced me on Final Fantasy VI. I am going to try Final Fantasy VI at some point this Good. year. Do it. Uh, yeah, and then the uh, I think one of the things that, which I'm sure listeners who actually listen all the time enjoyed, we switched to doing weekly podcasts instead of almost occasionally all the time podcast um, yeah we made that transition to weekly right around six months ago it uh i think it was around the time of the persona 4 podcast maybe the week before that we started doing them every week and we, we don't record every week sometimes we'll record like four in a weekend and then space them out from a week but we i don't think we've missed a week yet no we have not since we decided to actually actively do it and the, i think one of the great things for that is i've really liked kind of the off the wall ideas or it's like not even really off the wall but like a lot of the stuff that we record hasn't been off the wall yet, but like you look at the stuff that we have in the docket, and all yeah. of a sudden we have these really interesting ideas come up because we need to have content, and we obviously can't play a game every week to be able to talk about it. Yeah, we have um, we have some really good games and some real weird bonus round ideas <laughs> coming in the pipeline. And that, and that's that gets me excited for 2017. It gets me excited for our fourth annual um, end of the year podcast for Retro. That would be in 2018. <laughs> I'm getting to you to agree with me at some point. Which one um, of us was a math major, Josh? Because the answer may surprise you. I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd think you'd be Shocker. better with integers. So, so like we were talking about some of our favorite moments, and some of those are kind of more of the not planned moments or not planned podcasts, and it makes me really excited to look back next year and see, kind of look at some of the craziness that comes out of the podcast. But... I guess you guys are going to have to wait for that for next year. Um, I think that's kind of it's a nice little bow on 2016. Um, we would love to hear what everybody's favorite games were. I, I'm sure there's going to be a slew of games we did not mention, and we'd love to hear those in the comments. Um, as always, you can uh, go onto the boards at RPGFan.com. You can send us emails at retro at RPGFan.com. Um, you can go onto Twitter and harass the people on at RPGFan. <laughs> Which is great because I'm not in charge of that, so you can harass them all you want. <laughs> um, or you can seek us out on our personal Twitter accounts. I'm at JD Curry. Mike is at the Real Monsoon. Peter is at I Have Fury. And Chris is <laughs> at Chris Gebauer. And I uh, <laughs> and, and uh, I'm gonna do one one quick aside, Josh. Uh, this podcast is being released in the middle of a week where there's a bunch of interesting end-of-the-year stuff in RPG Fan. It's it's the first week of January, even though we're recording this in December. We're, uh, so you'll be able... Um, readers and listeners will be able to uh, hear other podcasts and um, individual editor top fives. I know, I know I submitted one. I think you... I think Chris and Peter also did. Is that right? Yes. I did not. I didn't oh. get to it. Oh, shoot. I'm I, sorry, man. I, I, well, I, it's my bad. It's, uh, my, it's, bad. My, it's my bad. And uh, also the um, the genre awards and the overall RPG of the year stuff from Re- uh, RPG fans. So you can find all of that on the main website. 
Yeah, so if you guys usually only listen to our podcast, thank you. Um, but make sure to go out there uh, and seek out the other work. There's a lot of really good stuff at the end of the year. It's a really exciting time for all the editors and contributors for RPG Fan. And also the week um, after this, we're, there's going to be a big, long, uh, most anticipated of 2017 feature. And a month or two after that, whenever Marcos finishes his hours and hours and hours of audio editing, there's going to be a Music of the Year feature for 2016. Yeah, so there's lots and lots of good stuff out there, so make sure that while you still listen to us, because we're great, make sure to go seek out all, the, all that other great content. Um, but yeah, in the next couple months, we have some roguelikes, we have some Dragon Quest, we have some not Zeldas, we have some Shadow Hearts. Those are, those are a couple months away, but um, roguelikes that's, are definitely... That's def- why I said in the next couple months. Oh, okay. I, well, I did the thing where I only listened to about half of what you say anyway. I know. bad. That's fine. I, we're all used to it. That's oh, why did you, I'm did you mention, did you mention the, the Dragon right? Quest yet? I literally just said that. Oh, okay. I guess since we're going to keep talking about Dragon Quest. Um, in the past, <laughs> we've had uh, you guys vote on what we're going to cover. Um, for our Dragon Quest month, we picked Dragon Quest 5, 6, 7, and 8 uh, for you guys to vote on. And whatever you guys vote on and decide, we'll ultimately play for that month. Um, so that poll, I guess, now that we mention it, we should actually put it out. So expect to see that up soon. Um, please, please vote. Um, I, I know at the very least, Mike's super excited for us to cover Dragon Quest. So. I don't care what wins the poll. I'm going to be on that episode, and I'm going to be so excited. We'll see you in 2017. Happy, happy, happy. Bye, everybody. Bye.